0: Welcome to Not Your Mama's Release Society. I'm Annie Joy.
1: And I'm Julie Swazo.
0: We are on a mission to build a kinder of Zion by living the doctrine and not the culture.
1: Join us for today's conversation because there's always room on the video for you. All
0: right, friends, welcome back. Today, we are so honored to have the Ben Chiladi, who is actually the only Ben Chiladi on the Internet, in case you wanted to know, he works at BYU as an honor code administrator and an adjunct professor, which despite his jokes, that's a real professor. He holds three <laughs> so, degrees from BYU, which he sometimes refers to as his three degrees of glory, which is hilarious. Um, he is the he author of, him, so, he yeah. did work hard for them. So yeah. He can call him whatever he wants.
1: Right,
0: It's true. Uh, he's the author of A Walk in My Shoes, questions I'm often asked as a gay Latter-day Saint. He and Charlie Bird host the podcast, Questions from the Closet, which you need to go listen to immediately. I've been binging for weeks, and I love it, um, where they share their perspective as gay Latter-day Saints, and they also share other stories from the LGBTQ community and questions they get about all the things. So they really dive deep into that, and it's beautiful. But probably one of the best things about Ben is that he's a Hufflepuff.
2: (sighs) That's true, I am. That is Interesting.
0: knew that I loved you. And then you said you're a Hufflepuff. And I'm like, done. That's it. That's it. Because Mm. I told Ben this story before, but when I was still married, we were all going to go as a family to Harry Potter land. And everyone took the quiz and everyone else is getting all the cool houses. And I got Hufflepuff and they were making fun of me. And it was so mean. (laughs) And then my (laughs) brother-in-law felt bad. He's like, well, Annie, if it makes you feel any better, Jesus was a Hufflepuff. And I was like, "That's right. What's up, Me and Jesus? Hanging?" His Where's his proof? Listen, it's just true, okay? Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you don't you don't need to fact check that one.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was confused. I was like,
0: <laughs> "No, it's just real, okay? Okay, it's just true." So I actually made a shirt that said "Jesus was a Hufflepuff" and I wore it there, and I got oh. so many comments. It was hilarious. So now I'm proud of my Hufflepuff heritage. Hmm. But for a minute, I was a little embarrassed. So now, when I find other Hufflepuffs, I'm like, "Yes, Hufflepuffs unite!" It's so good.
2: <laughs> That's super so, fun. I had I had almost the same experience. I was like, "I'm a Hufflepuff. That is so lame." And then I learned the Hufflepuffs <laughs> are known for being loyal. I was like, "I want to be loyal. This is great. <laughs> this is me." And I'm, mm, yeah.
0: Okay. Fine. Fine. The we'll attributes allow it.
1: are good. The attributes are good. The name is still a little rough.
0: <laughs> Listen, it's like sweet though. You know, Hufflepuff, like it's like a sweet little friend i don't know whatever they didn't get a bad rap okay but we got cedric okay we got cedric (laughs) it's true it's fine anyway ben welcome thank you for being here
2: oh i'm supposed to be here thank you well literally dozens of people have heard of me so if that means popular then we're looking forward to dozens dozens more
0: dozens yes
2: (laughs)
1: 11 to be exact not a full dozen just yet
0: It is great. So we are just like over the moon. Like I'm literally like smiling so big because I just, every time I listen to the show, I'm like, oh man, Ben is just so open and kind and warm and incredible. And you give so much grace and space for everybody around you, despite things that have been done to you and the things that people have said to you or how they've treated you. And I just think that is such an amazing Christ-like characteristic to be kind to those that aren't being kind to
1: you broad questions are so helpful too in the fact that like it builds true curiosity pointed it's not going to have like a, a needed response it's 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 building the curiosity that's going to build you guys as a friendship too like exactly. right there's no there's, there's no hidden
0: agenda there's no her. like yeah, yeah i'm hoping for a certain answer it's just like really wanting to know what it's like for them
2: mm-hmm. yep yes exactly and mm-hmm. and another thing i, I would say um with, with regards to this is there's a church website called counselingresources.churchofjesuschrist.org i'll say that one more time it's counselingresources.churchofjesuschrist.org and there's a, a a same-sex attraction section there and it lists some questions that, that you can ask when someone comes out to you and another question i love it says you know labels have different meanings for different people you know what is the term you just shared like what does that mean to you and it's going to be able mm-hmm. you just want to be able to talk about their experience and then just asking something like, well, how can I help you? Like, how can I support you in this? Um, and then letting people tell you, you know, what you can do to support them is can be, can be really beautiful.
1: I like um, that labeling okay. question too, because the labels, now there's such a wide spectrum, especially with gender, that that's so helpful for you to like, you, you're not going to know everything. I mean, some of them are experiencing it currently and trying to like decide where on that spectrum of gender they lie. But like, so I like that too, that you can clarify for them and where they're comfortable.
2: Yeah. And another question I ask all the time, and especially when I'm doing interviews for, for my podcast questions from the closet is, you know, help me understand like why now, like out of all the years we've known each other or all the months we've known each other, why did you choose now to tell me? And Mm. that, that often opens a window into people's hearts as well.
0: Oh, that's so good. Oh, see, I love it. Okay. I love it. I love it. So you also quote Sister Craig when she said, as his faithful disciples, you can receive personal inspiration and revelation consistent with his commandments that is tailored to you. You have unique missions and roles to perform in life and will be given unique guidance to fulfill them. So we would love you to share with us about like how you had this experience organizing a support group in Tucson and like what was that like for you and what spiritual gifts you had to use in order to create that space.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So, if I were to like list like what I think my top spiritual gift is, um, and I, this could be incorrect, but this is what I feel it is, as I feel I was given the gift of hope. Like I'm Aww. just really able to to look to look forward to the future, not knowing what it's going to be like, but really trusting and believing that that life is going to be good and that God is going to surprise me with a lot of good, with a lot of goodness. And, you know, the That's best a great gift. <laughs> Thanks. I like it. Um, yeah. and, and, and almost all the things that, that have mattered in my life in the last 10 years have been things I never could have imagined. And things have just been really beautiful and really meaningful. And one of those things is, is the support group that I started uh, when I, when I was living in Tucson, doing my PhD work down there. Uh, so I came out publicly on my blog when, when I was 30, just as I was about to turn 31. And I was the only gay Larry of St. I knew about in Tucson. Like I didn't know of any others. But at the time there were six stakes in that city. I thought, well, there's no way I'm the only one. So I reached out to my stake president and said I wanted to start a support group where we could, you know, meet weekly or sorry, meet monthly and and talk about our faith, but also in the context of being LGBTQ. And he was on board, he assigned a high counselor to work with me and and we started this group. And, and over the next two years that I ran the group, it grew to about three dozen people. Almost all of them were were YSA age, because I you know, that's I was in the single adult ward at the time so that was just naturally the group I was part of and and these people really became my family and mm. the original plan was that we were going to have a monthly like spiritual meeting and then a monthly social and we just bagged the idea of having a monthly social because we just became <laughs> the best of friends and hung out all the time anyway so there's no there's no need to <laughs> like do socials, nightly socials. <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> but Tucson ha- has these dry riverbeds that are no- that are called washes. Uh, they don't have river the, or water in them when it, when it rains. And a lot of them have, have like paths along them or, or, or walkways. And so when, when someone new would join the group, I would take them out to dinner or take them on a walk, often both things so they could tell me their story. And for the first time for many of them, they were able to share their story with someone that understood what it was like to also be a you know, gay member of the church. And I've walked many, many miles along those dry riverbeds in Tucson, laughing and crying and hearing people share their stories. And they've become sacred places to me. And so for, for me, it was all about, um, you know, I felt like there were people in my city that needed to be together at that time. And I acted on that prompting, and it was 100% true. And I think starting that group was one of the best things I've ever done. And once again, you know, going back to the gift of hope, it was one of, one of those things I never could have pictured happening that I just suddenly felt called to do, and it was really beautiful. And sorry, I'm, 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 gray, I'm standing a little bit, but, but I see this kind of thing happening all the time over the church. You know, people contact me like, Hey, I want to do this thing. Can I do this? And like, of course, do the thing that you feel prompted to do. And one of my friends who um, lives near BYU, Hawaii, she, she met a, a gay BYU, Hawaii student and who said they just kind of like needed a place to gather. And she said, come to my house. And so now she hosts these meetings for, for LGBTQ BYU, BYU, Idaho students or BYU, Hawaii students in her home. And just like such a beautiful thing to just create a space for people to gather.
1: I love that. We just had an episode a little bit ago about spiritual gifts. So I loved that you were doing that because I feel like for me, it's become like part of my staying power in the church is like my pursuit of my spiritual gifts. I feel mm-hmm. like we have had these for as before we came here and we need to like remember what those were and to be recalled to do them. And I just feel like, do you feel like as you've been doing this and seeing what God has in store for you or who you were before you came here, like has that helped keep you like faithful and connected to God?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, there's, uh, I think it's section 46 of the doctrine and covenants that talks about spiritual gifts and, you know, a lot of the sections in the doctrine and covenants start with a question. And the question I think that led to that uh, section was, you know, who can come to church? And the answer was, Everyone has a spiritual gift, mm-hmm. and so realizing that, that that my unique life and circumstances are meant like nothing about me is a deficit. Like everything uh, about sweet. me is a strength. Like even my yeah. being single in a family-oriented church is is a strength. And so I try and look at my unique circumstances as a strength, and you know what what am what is my unique positionality to help build the kingdom of God?
1: Yeah, I loved how you discussed that in the book too, and talking about how it really was a strength, and I thought. I got a little jealous, like I was like, man, yeah, he could take her out to lunch every week and like, <laughs> you know, you have this special time with these people and like building those and mm-hmm. so it's so funny because, you know, in this, like we think about the, the ideal family or whatever and like the jealousy runs, but I'm telling you the jealousy ran back on you. I was like, Oh call, that'd be great. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd love to go to lunch every day. And Anyway, I just, I thought that was a really sweet story too. It was great.
2: Well, thank you.
0: I love that. And I think to me, I don't know if it's, you know, how you feel, Ben, but to me, it's very clear that you've also a spiritual gift to just hold space for people. Like I've watched, I've listened, I can't say watch, I've listened to you do that time and time and time again with the people that come on and you interview, like you hold such beautiful, like space and grace for people every time. I remember one of the episodes about a mom, how she, you know, shared about how she was embarrassed about how she first handled her son coming out to her. And How you handled that and like how you talked about like, listen, this person's been mulling this over for years and this is brand new to you. And your schema is such that X, Y, Z equals happiness. And so when that gets turned on its head, of course, you're going to have a minute to like, you know, figure that out and, you know, be reeling from that and then learn from your mistakes and move forward with grace. And so I, and, you know, even hearing your story right now, like to me, you clearly have a spiritual gift to hold space for people. And it's really
2: beautiful to watch. Well, thank you, and I, you know, I hope that's true. I'd like that to be true. Um, and and you know, what, what I've learned is, you know, when I hold space for people and just let them be and try and learn from them, there's always something that that makes me a better person. You know, you know, most people are just trying to be good and trying to do good, and they have perspectives that I don't have. And so, if I can really, uh, to quote my book title, walk in someone's shoes, um, mm-hmm. then I just learned so much, and I'm so grateful. Because uh, there are so many experiences that I don't have, and so if I can uh, if I can be in someone else's position and just be with them, you know, of course it helps them, but it also helps me too. And 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 you know what? You actually can uh, watch me hold space because we have a YouTube channel with the videos of the podcast. So.
0: Oh my gosh, Ben! Oh, you just you've now taken all the extra much. hours of my life. You <laughs> that know? might be like, too much. Oh, too much goodness for one human body to like hear you and watch you. I mean, yeah, it's just the, the,
2: it's. The production quality isn't excellent, but we get the job done. So,
0: Hey, I'm, I'm really proud of you. Um, we're still working on learning how to do all the technological things. We struggle.
2: It's yeah. fine because
0: that's not my gift is technological things, but it's okay. So, but I'm yeah. good. It's good to know because, um, yep, I might just have to start binging all the videos as well. <laughs> that is well, good only, to know.
2: Only season three is on video, so you um, don't have to go back and watch okay, season
0: Okay, fine. Two. Okay, fine. Then I still have listening time. That's fine. So good.
1: One of Annie and I's favorite thing to do is to challenge conventional ways that we say things all the time. Like we just did our last podcast was the idea of life as a test. And we kind of broke down like as someone who was like consistently a C student, how detrimental (laughs) life being a test (laughs) might be for someone like me. You know, I was like, it's a what? That sounds terrible. You know, I'm getting hot flashes and like want to dry heave. That sounds terrible. So I, I loved in your book that you said that you changed the wording of staying in the church to moving forward in the church. And I was just kind of wondering like, what has it looked like since you've changed that choice? Like how did that help your mind frame? And also maybe you could share the experience of what made you kind of decide to make that choice to change that. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. So this is a story I tell in my book, but I, I was 30 years old and I'd been dating this guy and it wasn't a relationship that I like sought for like I wasn't actively dating he was just someone I knew and we were friends and then suddenly we liked each other and then suddenly we were dating and it just like kind of happened Yeah. Uh, and then he was trying to leave the church and I was trying to stay in the church and we were kind of pulling each other in different directions and it just wasn't working so eventually the relationship ended and I was miserable just absolutely miserable and I was living in Tucson at the time so Um, I I decided I was gonna choose the church over him. And then he was living in Utah and I was living in Arizona. So it was a long distance relationship. So after things ended with us, a few weeks later, I got in my car and drove up to Utah, drove 12 hours to his house in Utah. And I told him I had changed my mind that I was gonna pick him over the church. And then he said the kindest thing he could have said, he said, Ben, I know you better than that. You choose the church over me in the future. So we can only be friends. Uh, So then I was miserable. and got back in my car and drove to Seattle, where I'm from, another 13 hours. And spent a few weeks at my parents' house. Just kind of like unloaded on them all these things that have been happening in my life that I just hadn't told them about. And they, they knew Jordan, the, this guy I'd been dating, but they didn't know we'd been dating. And yeah. so that was really eye-opening to them. And, and so this is when I was telling my parents I wasn't sure what to do. And my, my mom said, you know, Ben, if you need to leave the church and marry a man, you and he will always be part of our family. And we're not just on your side. We're with mm-hmm. you 100%. And so the, so my parents honored my agency and said, you know, whatever I chose was going to be okay. So I decided I was going to leave the church. I was like, this church is causing me pain. It's, I feel trapped in a doctrine and a culture that has no place for me. And then I found myself reading uh, a few days later uh, a, after deciding to leave the church, I found myself in Matthew 26 and in Matthew 26, the Savior's in the garden of Gethsemane. And he says this prayer that we're very familiar with where he says, father, if thou be willing, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And then as I kept reading, I noticed something I hadn't noticed before, which was that he said that same prayer two more times. So three times Jesus said, I don't want to do this, but I'll do it if it's your will. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of like opened up in me this like desire to do whatever God wanted me to do. And so I, I knelt down and said like the most fervent prayer I could say and said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do that thing. I'll take whatever cup you're offering me. And I just felt this really annoying and strong prompting that I was supposed to move forward in the church. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so and, you know, that's not going to be the right choice for everyone, but it was the right choice for me. And so, you know, not long after that, I got back in my car and drove back to Arizona and, you know, I had many hours to think and ponder. And I realized that I couldn't live life the way I was before. Like it just wasn't working. And so as I pondered about that, I thought, okay, well, you know, what we're supposed to do is pray, read the scriptures, go to church. I've been doing all those things and I've been miserable. So I decided that instead of reading the scriptures, I was going to study the word of God. And and, and instead of going to church, I was going to worship with the saints. And instead of mm-hmm. praying, I was going to commune with God. And so I, I tried to deepen all of these practices and so as I thought about that, I was like, you know, I don't just want to stay in an organization. I, just, I don't want to feel like I'm boxed in, like like corralled into this, this institution. Yes. I want to keep growing and progressing. And so that's when I started saying, well, I'm not going to stay in the church. I'm going to move forward in the church because I am not stagnant. I want to grow. I'm mm. not just going to, and one of the problems I had earlier in my life was I felt like I was just like trapped being gay until I was dead when I would, then I would be like freed. And so just maybe yeah. want to die. And, you know, I, the, the phrase I say is that there were years of my life when I would have rather been dead and straight than alive and gay. And so I mm-hmm. thought, you know, I don't ever want to be in that place again. And so whatever I do, if I'm going to be part of this organization, I'm going to move forward with my life and progress.
1: Oh, see how powerful words are. Like, I loved all those things that you said. That is so like we have got to do that. We get so comfortable in our systems and they can be so unhelpful. I'm just. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And on, right? Also, they're just.
0: They're dry and they're old yeah. and there's. You know, they're stagnant. Like these phrases don't do anything. But everything you just said, like, oh, I just felt like fire in my heart. Like yes, I want to commune. I want. I want to worship. Like yes. Like we're we're using words that are just rote. and and it's like the ramyupdom, right? We're just saying the same dang thing and not meaning anything behind it. But the way you expressed that was just like yes. Like this is. This is like deepening a relationship with a deity that I want to be closer to.
2: Yeah, exactly. And 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 for me, it helped me change things from like a like checking things off of a box mm-hmm. to being intentional about them. So like instead of saying like I yes. want to go to the temple every week, like I want to go be a savior on Mount Zion. Like I want to help someone progress Oof. eternally. You Oof. know? Preach. Mm, so, preach. Mm-hmm. So so if, if we can just be intentional about these choices we're making, they're actually like really big important things. Like if you spend 15 minutes, like in the scriptures, like studying the word of God, like that is just like a beautiful thing. Uh, But it can also be something you just do to check off a box. And, you know, there have been plenty of times in my life where, where I I went to church on Sunday and got nothing out of it. And there have been other times where I'm like, you know what, I want to go renew my covenants with God. I want to uh, promise him I'm going to remember him. And I want him to promise things back to me. And I have like a beautiful experience. So if we can just be intentional about the choices we're making, I think it makes them um, so much more meaningful.
1: Yeah, we've been Absolutely. breaking down and trying to get rid of the word goals, because that also gives me um, hot sweats. <laughs> it gives you like high. So I want to live to an talk about goals. life. I want to live an intentioned life. Like, what is my intent in everything that I'm doing? And that is that I'm not just like losing 20 pounds. I'm intentioned to be like healthy or you know what I'm saying? All of it is yeah. just an intention. The other thing I loved from that story, and I think that as um, members of the church that are really trying to be understanding to our LGBTQ um, members and friends and non-members, is I love that you said honor their agency. This also goes, if you have had people who just leave the church in general, or people who are, you know, maybe they're, they're really seriously sinning and you feel really worried about them or something, but like, this is a goal. We have, we call it don't judge, but I love the idea of honor their agency. Like Mm -hmm. this is you, this is, this is the whole idea. The whole plan was to come and for us to have agency. Like, it's not my job to like infringe on that agency. That's actually a problem. Like the prop, like that's a problem for me to try and come between our God given, like ability of agency. So I just like that super power for me too. I really like
2: that. Awesome. Love it.
0: Yes. So good. Preach. Hallelujah. <laughs> so good. Okay. So in your blog, you write about um, Sharon Eubank's quote, and you talk about how she said, we may not yet be where we want to be and we are not now where we will be. I believe the change we seek in ourselves and in the groups we belong to come less by activism and more by actively trying every day to understand one another. Why? Because we are building Zion, a people of one heart and one mind. And I love that you teach this class at BYU about understanding people's stories because something Mm -hmm. you taught me when I was reading through this was that, knowing a fact about someone is not the same as knowing their story. So can you share this a little bit about the classes you teach and like, how that is so impactful for understanding people's stories?
2: Yeah, thank you for for asking that question. Um, So just at the time that the pandemic was starting in in, in 2020, uh, I witnessed some things at BYU that were troubling to me um some students had said some 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 homophobic things and some other students had, t- had said some racist things and i got the opportunity to, to meet with some of these students and i realized like they weren't bad students they were just a little ignorant they just hadn't stepped into these spaces and you know i i talked to one student who who said you know how can there be how, how can there be homosexuals at the lord's university i said well i'm gay oh. and i and i'm here and yeah. and then we and then we had like a beautiful 20 minute conversation where i feel like he left understanding, and I was and I was grateful that he came and asked the like he was asking a sincere question, and then we were able to talk about it, and then he changed. I I I believe, and so I thought you know students just need the opportunity to to get to know one another better, and if we give people the opportunity to to get to see people, um then then that's how we're going to grow and change, and that's what what you know, prophets and apostles and, and, and church leaders have been teaching for a long time, Sharon Eubank, just, you know, back in, in uh, 2020. Um, I mean, it was 2021. I can't remember how long ago it was. Um, so, so I tried to, so I created this class that's called Understanding Self and Others, colon, diversity and belonging. And one of the things I want people to understand was, you know, if you're a straight white man from Alpine, Utah, like you still have an interesting story. Like even if you might be, you know, super privileged or being the majority, like there's still interesting things about you and, you, and your stories worth sharing as well. But I didn't want anyone to come away feeling that, that they were um, like le- like their story was less valid because they weren't a minority, like all stories matter. And so we spent a lot of time in class really getting to know one another. And then throughout the class, we have different panels where LGBTQ students come or racial minority students come. And then the class gets to ask them questions and we have a conversation. And then if possible, if I have students in the class that fit that category, I invite them to be part of the panel and when I go through and, and read the student comments from the semester everyone always says the panels were the best day and, yeah. and because they got to know these people better that they spent every day with well not every day but multiple days a week and then I have my students write these papers that I call proximity papers and proximity is just a fancy word for closeness and so I make them <laughs> I, I, I make them interview someone that they already know Has a different background than them, whether it be a different gender, a different orientation, uh, a different nationality, uh, a different socioeconomic uh, class. Uh, And then I give them these lists of questions to ask, and that the interviews just just have to be 15 minutes. And then almost all of them say, We ended up talking for two hours or three hours, and I thought I knew this person. I've known them for years, but now I know them so much better. And one really beautiful experience was a student of mine, uh, his mom is from Brazil. And so he interviewed her as an as a immigrant from Brazil and, and in all the years he'd been alive, he'd never talked to his mom about what it was like to grow up in Brazil, how she chose to come to the US and then what it was like to be an immigrant here. And he said, I feel like I'm getting to know my mom for the first time. Uh-huh. And, and so the truth is like, we have so many beautiful experiences and, and stories just surrounding us. And if we just take the time to ask and listen, like we are gonna be such better people. And then for me, it's always a gift when someone wants to hear my story too.
1: I, I love that you approach them with grace too. Cause like ignorance, ignorance is going to lead us to say so many dumb things, especially if you are the white guy from Alpine, like you're ignorant in the fact that you just haven't even had exposure. And so you say things because you've made assumptions off of what isn't even your real experience. You're watching something or someone's told you something So I love that you also just gave them space because that is the thing I think is so important too, is like, if like, I was thinking about the first conversation you have with someone and they come out to you and like, they say something so ignorant, you know, and it's like, but I, I love the idea of like, let's even just look at it. It's like, maybe it's ignorant. It's not, let's not leap to like racism or bigotry, or even though it is we can label it that but I think if we just hold the person and go okay this person doesn't understand we're gonna give them some time we're gonna let them grow because I think about the person I was like in high school and stuff just how much we've grown in like understanding and knowledge of like LGBTQ people and what they're dealing with is so vast and that's 20 years Mm -hmm. I can't imagine like for older generations it's you know, so I love the idea of, like, let's educate and, like, love these people. And I love that you're tangibly, like, kind of forcing them, like, go into this. Is, listen, yeah. listen to this person's experience. See what that's yeah. like.
2: E- exactly. And I, I think one thing that's helpful for all, for all of us is to reflect on the times, like, that, like, I might have been sexist or I might have been racist or I might have been homophobic. You know, I have done and said some some really terrible things. And that's not because I'm a terrible person. it's because They don't know better. Right. And so, and, and so, but, but then when I, when I learn, I get, I, I get to do better. And I, I've been so grateful for, like, for, you know, in a lot of ways, like, like the women in my life who have helped me become a person who understands better what it's like to be a woman, because that's just an experience so outside of mine. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, um, very few people hurt someone out of malice, it's very Correct. rare. Yeah. And so, if we can just understand that people are doing things out of ignorance, um, then just with a little bit of education, a little bit of patience, offering people grace, most people are going to do better given the opportunity to,
1: I love that you totally. made, made an entire class off of it too.
0: Uh. Yeah, I know. Don't try to go take his class. Yes.
2: It, we have a blast. It's really fun.
0: Can we just okay. like come sneak in the back and just hang out? <laughs> That's not creepy at all. <laughs> we,
2: we are going to. like, well, I well, just well, want to come. Well, you can just register for it.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. okay. But like, do we have to be students? Cause like (laughs) we're, we're kind of old and like already have, you know, we'll just register and come Julie, let's go. Let's go to class. it to be so good. But I love it. I love that you said that all stories matter. Like, cause they do all stories matter and everybody has something to share. And there is something, it kind of goes back to what we talked about before with like how, when we're offering something raw and vulnerable, like it's such a gift. And so to be able to, offer that space for someone and hear their story and to learn from them because like you said we all can learn from people's stories and that's why I'm obsessed with reading because it takes me away into someone else's story it takes me away into someone else's mm-hmm. world and it gives me this perspective especially memoirs like those are my absolute favorite books because I just love stepping in and understanding what it's like for them because there's so many experiences that I will never have in this lifetime but I can learn from other people and I can learn from their stories and same with conversations. I love to talk to people. Hello, I have a podcast for a reason. And I just, (laughs) I love that. Like you're helping me understand more what that journey might be like, even though that's not something I'll experience in this lifetime, but I can understand it more because of what you're sharing. And that's so powerful for me. And, you know, we all have different hard things. And we've talked before, Julie and I, in our show about how true connection comes from finding the places that we do relate I don't know mm-hmm. what it's like to be a gay member of the church. I don't. But you don't know what it's like to be a single parent with a child with autism, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't know that. But you and I could sit and talk about the pain we felt and the loneliness or, you know, the depression or like those feelings are things that there's only so many feelings to be had in yeah. a box, right? So we've all felt those feelings. So how can you and I connect on feeling so alone or feeling other right in the church in a fan in a family church sitting alone at church while your kids are at their dad's house. Cause he doesn't want them to be part of the church. Like that could be really painful, right? Like mm-hmm. that could be, um, and has been sometimes pretty depressing for me. I've been able to work through a lot of that. And I had this really beautiful experience at church once where cause going to church with just my kids has always been my experience cause he wasn't active when we ha- had our children. So, I always knew that, like, that's all I knew. But then when I had those weeks where he- they weren't with me and I was like, well, now I really don't fit in. Like, it's just uh-huh. me. I'm this old lady with no children sitting next to me, but they're not like running out of my house. They're just not here. And it was so hard. And I felt like, you know what? I should just go to singles board. Like, why am I even here? And I felt this prompting to go share my testimony. And I was like, well, that's dumb. Like, what does that have to do with anything? I'm worried about right now. But I felt very specific things I needed to say So I went up and I said those things and I sat back down. And after I said those things, I felt this overwhelming, powerful feeling of like, you can serve so much more because your hands are free. Mm -hmm. Like how much more can I do? And I remember I, there was a family, a few rows in front of me and they also have a special needs kiddo and another son and like a little baby. And so I just was like, Hey, can I hold your baby? She's like, sure. So I just like (laughs) stood in the back and like held her baby. You know, like I, it just totally changed my perspective on what family looks like. Like I've redefined family. I've redefined like what my ward family does for me. I've redefined like how I contribute to the church and what my place is in it. And now I absolutely feel like I belong 100% because I'm Annie, not because I'm a mom, not because I'm a wife or an ex-wife or any of those things. The only Mm -hmm. thing that matters is that I'm me and that I belong to God. And that means like, that means I belong the end.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that beautiful story. And, you know, as you were talking, you were saying, you know, you know, people know what it's like to feel sad, to feel lonely, to feel depressed, to feel outcast. And we know those things and we can connect on those, but also, you know, hopefully we all know what it's like to be in those moments and then to have a triumph mm-hmm. and, 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 yes. and to have God speak to us. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing where, you know, when we get together with people who who have felt different and marginalized, which is probably almost everybody at some point, Sure. Um, you, you know, then we can talk about these hard things and say, and this is how I've triumphed and we're going to triumph together.
0: I'm so glad you said that. Cause it's so true. And I didn't mean to be gloom and doom. So I'm so glad <laughs> you said that. Cause like, yes, we've all felt those things. And we've all felt, hopefully we've all felt that hope, especially the hope in our savior that all things can be made right. Like he is a God of compensation. And I've also witnessed that time and time again with being a single parent and, I've had miracles upon miracles of compensation. Like there have been so many things. Like Julie is one of my best friends. And so many times when I feel, man, I'm sorry for all the emotion that's coming up, but um, so many times I felt like alone because I don't have a partner at night to like express myself to or any of the thoughts that I might have or anything. And Julie has become that. Like there I have several friends I can reach out to and talk to. Like I have been able to learn how to get my needs met in other ways and he compensates for the things we're lacking and he does that for all of us. And yes, I love that too. We can also share our triumphs, share our testimony, share the amazing miracles that we've seen because we've all had them. Even if we don't recognize them all the time, God is so good and he does give that to us. So I love that that's also a great connecting piece that we have these powerful stories to share too.
2: Yeah, I love that. And thank you for just being honest and vulnerable, Amy. Yeah,
0: well, it's us uh... <laughs> It's hard for me not to these days. Like I think I've cried through like last four episodes. Of
1: Man, I just have all the feels. I'm really excited. This is the question I've been waiting for. I'm really excited to have you here and be able to bend your ear. <laughs> I okay. have a 13 year old and an 11 year old that are moving up into middle school, and all the answers are starting to. I mean, all the questions are starting to come. So I have. Uh, you know, my son had a friend in elementary school that now identifies as transgender. And then they're asking questions about what is this like? And what about this and stuff like that. So I want your advice (laughs) on how (laughs) best to have like these tough conversations with our kids. It feels tough because I don't understand all of it. And because it's not necessarily like, How do we teach about God's plan for us in a thoughtful way that's still inclusive and does all of the things and like how they can love and, you know, and it's just, it's muddy from my perspective. So I'm excited to hear your perspective and for you to help me. And I'm taking notes. Yeah. (laughs) Ready? Go. Uh,
2: Well, the the, the first thing I want to say is I have raised zero children. So take anything I say about talking to children with a grain of salt. Oh, fair. Uh, fair. (laughs) But but what 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 I've learned uh, about children is that, you know, we need to take cues from them. So when they're bringing up a topic, that's the time to talk about it. And so if they're asking questions, you know, I think the most important thing is just just to get them to talk. And, you know, one thing that my parents did, which I think is so important, is my next door neighbor growing up, and she still lives next door to my parents. Her name is Karen, and she's a lesbian. And I saw the way that my parents treated Karen and the way they cared about her and loved her. And I had no fear of coming out to my parents because I knew if they treated Karen that well, then they were going to treat me at least that good and probably better. So I had no fear. So I think the first thing uh, that your kids need to know is that that they see you being kind to people. Mm. And they see you including people. And um, Your parents
1: are incredible. I've only read your book, but... <laughs> yeah i love that <laughs> they really are
2: you should follow my dad on instagram he does these motivational videos every week uh, oh but
1: yep i'm getting that yes minutes. yeah, yeah
2: yes. <laughs> buzz shalati if, if you want to oh, old man am yep. telling you that you're great right now Yeah, so i think that's important um yes. and then you know as, as you're as you're teaching as you're as you're, as you're teaching kids truth you know, one of the things that 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 the prophets and apostles have been teaching is like the inclusivity of God's love, and the the interesting doctrine of the of the Church of Jesus Christ of latter Saints is that almost everyone, like literally almost everyone, like with very few exceptions, is going to end up in a place of glory, like a a place that's better than what we have now, and we're all going to end up in a place that coincides with the laws that we're that we're willing to live, mm. and and so in the end, all of us are going to be saved through Jesus Christ. And so what what I, what I try and do, um, you know, when I talk to youth is, you know, you know, look at your friends, look, look at the people you care about, and how can we cheer on all the good things that are happy in their life? You know, how can we be happy for all the good things that they're doing and, and for the, for the good laws that they're living? And then maybe when, when they're ready, you know, add some more to that. Um, and, and so, so I, I think the most important thing to teach your kids is, you know, how can you love God? Like what does loving God look like for you in your life? How can you live God's God God's laws that you understand to the best of your ability? And then what can you do to, to love other people? And so I think if we if we focus on 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 those principles of love and what, what does loving look like, especially when someone doesn't doesn't uh behave or live the principles that we believe, but still understanding that they are living true principles. And because of that, they're going to receive a kingdom of glory.
1: I love that. That's the learning heaven we were talking about too, from Brad Wilcox learning heaven, Mm -hmm. right? Like we're all here on a path and we're learning where we're going to be the most comfortable and what, what space we want that is the most like that we're preparing for. We're preparing for while we're here. Exactly. I also think your honor, honor their agency. I think I'm going to like, I feel like that's such a good lesson for me to teach kids. Listen, like we love and we honor their agency to do what they feel like they need to do at this time and where they're going, what their path is. And like, we're going to love them and wherever they are.
2: Mm -hmm. Yep. Precisely.
1: Yeah. That's
0: so good because I'm such a wordy person and like words are like everything to me. So like, okay. And that's totally true. When they come to us, these questions, like that's, I I think this is very beautiful these principles we're going to be teaching them but also like okay they have a lesson in church they talk you know and maybe or maybe in mutual or whatever they're hearing some lesson at church that's talking about how there's this law that says marriage between man and a woman so like Mm -hmm. how do we address like that particular teaching in a way that still is inclusive and honors all the things you just said does that make sense
2: That does make sense. And, uh, you know, I don't have a great answer and I'm kind of glad I don't because I think me giving you the answer to this complex question wouldn't be helpful. Um, okay. You know, Sherry, Sherry Dew, you know, years ago at BOU Idaho talked about the importance of the wrestle and Joseph Smith gave this beautiful quote where he said, he said, truth is found in proving contraries. And today we would probably say paradoxes. So by mm-hmm. looking at paradoxes, that's how, we, that's how we discover truth. And so I think that there is... Real beauty that comes from sitting in these middle places where we don't quite understand. Well, I want to love someone, but also God says this. You know, what does this look like? And just like sitting with that and feeling that, and then and then trying to reconcile that in one's own mind. I think that's where the real the real learning is going to come from. So I don't have a great answer, but I guess my answer would be wrestle with that and teach your kids to wrestle with that, and help them be okay with and help them be okay with not knowing an answer, and then spending yeah. months and years pondering about it and seeing what god will teach them
1: i think it's really vitally important for even our children and us to actually get really comfortable with that middle ground that's something i've been pursuing and i really like have started to love Where like especially as they've like rolled out some new even when they said that missionaries could call their family i remember my first response was like well they'll be distracted and then i was <laughs> like and then i thought well, why in the world did i think that and then i thought about it again but like the truth is is that the only thing we have holding and tethering us to our heavenly father is faith and so there is a sense of that uneasiness in most big giant questions because the Mm -hmm. big giant questions are unanswerable like there's a lot of them and we can't we want to wrap everything up in a nice tight bow but like The problem is, is that like those bows become fallible. Like if the whole thing is, you know, hinging, if your whole testimony is hinging on Joseph Smith, and then we find out new information that's fallible. Right. But if it's going, well, I don't, if there's a middle ground that feels kind of like, I don't know all those answers and that's okay because I'm going to have faith in God and I'm going to lead towards God. I think that is actually really powerful. For them to realize, there's lots of answers in this world that we don't have. Gravity, how does gravity work? Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. It you just know what I'm does. saying. So it's like <laughs> I've gone to the yeah. point where now I really like relish it. I love that, and it and I I kind of go like, oh, I don't know about that. That'll be interesting. Or like, mm-hmm. what are all the theories of like? And I love that. That's part of the beauty of like our specific gospel is like. We're not creation-based, right? Like there's lots of ideas of how evolution could happen. There's just so much open to us because we're okay saying, I don't know. You know, like there's some things that like, it's okay to lead with faith and like faith is it. Like faith will tether you and keep you safe. But it's a a really tough place to be, but it's a very beautiful and powerful place to be.
2: 100%, yeah.
0: I love that. And Ben, I will get over you not telling me the answer because- (laughs) Because as you were two were talking, I was like, oh, I just had a light bulb moment. Like, okay. So, me even asking you that question is fear based, right? Because I'm like, oh, I, I don't want to hurt people and I don't want to be, I don't want to come across as not being inclusive. And, but that fear based question isn't helpful. So, you taught me right now that if we go back to the same principle, if I am living my life in alignment with, I made a covenant to be kind to all the humans. Like, that's Mm -hmm. my promise, right? Like, look at the baptismal covenant. That's what it is. I promise to be a nice person. (laughs) Well, kind person. I think nice (laughs) is a different word, but right, like I I promise to be kind to everyone regardless. So if I'm living my life by those principles, then I don't need to worry about how exactly I say all the things because I'm coming from a place of love and I'm coming from a Mm -hmm. place of perpetual growing and understanding. And I love that answer actually of like, Let's just be cool sitting in the Russell. Let's be cool sitting Mm -hmm. in the paradox. And that's where those greater mysteries come anyway, is when we spend that time talking to God. So you actually taught me something. Thank you Uh, very much.
2: See, this is so easy because I don't have to tell you the answers. You just figure it out on your own. So
1: (laughs) that's like so good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you did that in your book several times too. Sorry, I read your book very recently. So I'm like right on it. But you were like, I realized that they were answering, they asked a question, but they were about to answer their own question. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like the person really just, Hey, I needed a sounding board for a minute and now I realize this is what I meant. And I'm right. Okay. I just need to say it out loud. Yes. No, for sure.
0: I love that. Tell us more about how we can find more of you.
2: Yeah. So I'm the only Ben Shalati on the internet. Shalati is very hard to spell. It's S-C-H-I-L-A-T-Y. And you can just like Google me and find my blog and my podcast, "Questions from the Closet." And I would love it if people would read my book, "A Walk in My Shoes." You um, should that, uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but but I'm I'm really Googleable, and I'm I'm on Instagram too. And as you can just follow me on Instagram if you want to see what I do every day. So, so. Um,
0: I love that. Okay, we'll link all those things so they can have easy access. But yeah, to wrap up today, we want to just quote some 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 Ben isms, and then. <laughs> just making things up. It's fine. Share your Benisms, And then we would love for you to share to wrap up today, like how these experiences have brought you closer to the savior. First, um, you said what made all the difference for me wasn't necessarily changing how I lived the gospel, but changing why I lived the gospel. Preach. Hallelujah. Amen. And then you said, as I shed the outcomes I've been looking for in life and focused on the outcome that really mattered, becoming like Jesus Christ, I found joy in the life that was designed for me. Like mic drop, right there. So good. We love hey. it. We would love for you to share with us how these experiences have brought you closer to the Savior. To wrap up today.
2: Yeah, of course. Well, thank you. And I just like to actually quote one more thing from my book to just kind of. Uh, yes, please. We want,
0: we want so, all the benisms. Yes.
2: So, so my biggest fear in like sharing my story is that people look at my life and think like my life is the life that anyone can and should live. Um, and I, I don't want to be anyone's poster boy or, or anyone's model for how to live. And so as I was wrapping up my, my book on the second to last page, I wrote this. I have one parting request. If you are tempted to give this book to an LGBTQ friend or loved one, I would ask you to resist that temptation and pause for a moment. Instead of giving them my story, can you invite them to tell you theirs? And this has just become so meaningful to me, just, just trying to hear other people's stories, because the truth is that my story is the story that matters the least. The stories that really matter are the stories of the people in your lives, like the LGBTQ people you know and, and the people that, 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 that are in your life. Um, and you know how all of this, like, like my, my life and, and being gay and being active in the church has helped me come closer to Christ, is I've gotten to know some truly incredible people. And as I see how other people connect with God and the way that God has, has worked in their lives, helps me notice it in, in my own life as well. And, uh, you know, one, one of the things I say all the time is that I used to think that the atonement of Jesus Christ was supposed to make me straight, but what it did instead is it healed my broken heart. And I just have, you know, a knowledge and experience that if we go to God with our problems, we can find healing and peace and we can find direction on our path as well.
0: Like, Can we just like, I want to hug you, Ben. You're so amazing. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your witness. I want to just echo that, that whatever it is we're going through that there is always this source of peace and that no matter what we experience in this lifetime that he is always there and he understands completely and understands wholly what we're going through um Mm -hmm. friends thank you ben thank you for being here Friends, thank thank you 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 for listening we're so grateful for you guys tuning in this week and as always
1: we We love you you. thanks for being here today. If you like the podcast, the best way to support us is to leave a review and a five-star rating.
0: If you're looking for a life coach or just want to be social, follow hey Annie Joy on Instagram.